All right, so we're going to be opening the scriptures. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And uh, before we do that, just as a little uh, bit of encouragement for next week, uh, we are still going to have two gatherings, 9 and 11, 11 online next Sunday. And then after that, the first Sunday of October, we move to 3. It's 9, 10, and 11. And 11 o'clock will still be live stream, so we're not going to mess with that. And if you want to come and be with us here uh, Monday morning, that's tomorrow, uh, make sure you wake up. That would be helpful. And if you wake up, jump on quickly and, and, and reserve your space. Just go to our website. You can click on there because my guess is probably by Tuesday, all the spots will be taken. People actually want to be together, masks and all. So thank you for making the effort. Matthew 7 is where we're at. Uh, as we get going, just one thought. Don't do it here, but because we're together and our friends are in their own homes, just a thought for you online. Why don't you just chat in? Since COVID started, what's one thing that you stopped since the pandemic began? And that could be eating out. That, that could be uh, hugging. It could be shaving. Some of your beards are so big it's frightening. Uh, whatever it is, just chime in to the people around you because they're not in your home. What have you stopped since the pandemic uh, began? And then for the rest of us, we're going to get into what we've stopped as we look at the message today. So you're not missing out by being here. We're just going to apply it together. All right, Matthew 7, uh, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read it, but as we do it, we have to admit that the week got even weirder. I didn't know what um, AQI is. Either the air quality index. Did, did anyone not know what that was? Like me, I'm like, I don't know what that is. But, but evidently above 300, you can't, you can't breathe well. And so like we're all looking at our apps. When will the number? I mean, I just rejoice that it got down to 15, which is good. And we could breathe outside. This is, just, this is on top of all the other weirdness. It's just getting weirder. And um, I have a friend whose birthday was this week. He was vacationing in Florida to celebrate his birthday. He couldn't do most of the stuff because of COVID. So we're texting back and forth. And he had a great idea. I'm going to suggest it for this week. Some of you are going to jump at it. He's like, Jose, let's just put our Christmas trees up this week and pray the new year starts fast. And I thought, maybe that's not a bad idea. Those of you, if you get a real one, it won't last. But if you have a fake one, in solidarity, put it up. Put it up this week and pray that the new year comes quickly. I don't know if that's going to change anything. But anyway, anxiety is real, isn't it? Like, struggles really. If, you're, uh, if you feel like things are not right, you're not alone. If you feel like you don't want to hear any more bad news, you're not alone. If you feel like things are never going to get better, you're not alone. We are, as a community, more anxious than we've ever been more stressed than we've ever been. If you're uptight, if you're yelling at the people that you actually love, you just need to know this. The problem is probably, that's the little disclaimer, probably not you. It may be, but I think we're all just cooped up and we're anxious and we're going to look at these beautiful, timeless words of Jesus that were written for 2020. All right, Matthew 7, verses 7 and following. Just read along with me. I'd say read it out loud here, but I don't want you to use all your oxygen behind your mask right now. So just pace yourself. All right. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Four. Everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are 
evil, Paul's Jesus isn't saying there's nothing good about us. He just knows the real us. Though you are evil, tainted by evil, influenced by evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And then we'll pick up in verse 12 uh, next week. Again, this is so this is so quoted because this is so famous from Jesus, and yet we want to think about where this fits. A reminder, if you're just tuning in or just, you've just come for the first time, Matthews 5, 6, and 7 is one setting to one group of early Jesus followers. The problem is we're in week like 22. We just put it in little sound bites because it's shorter. But Jesus says all of this in a row, and I want us to get this week and next week, Jesus is going to bookend it, right? What is he talking about? The good news. What's the good news? The good news of God's loving rule. Jesus announced to a group of nobodies, like these are people that were not influential, didn't have political power, they weren't rich, most of them. He says to a group of ordinary people, I want you to be my disciple. Right before he says this message, he goes to particular people, you and you, you follow me. And then he announces to anyone who's willing to listen, this is, you want to know what it looks like to live under God's loving, beautiful rule? This is what it's like, blessed. The first section is about blessing. And they didn't even do anything yet. When God is your ruler, when you're actually going after God, you are blessed, whether you feel like it or not. And out of that blessing, this beautiful movement of life with God, God comes and says, okay, I love you so much, I'm gonna reshape you to actually look more like me. And I think we'd all agree, we could use a little reshaping. Uh, our family, because of, of COVID, we've done uh, in the last six, seven weeks, probably five of those have been in quarantine. Five of them, five of the last six to seven weeks. And I love my house and I hate it at the same time. Because I'm just so, I'm so I, I feel like so restricted. But you know what that exposes? There's areas in my life that need to be reshaped. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the truth. So Jesus gives us a list of things that he wants to reshape. And I'm going to recap everything we talked about. This may apply to you. Some of it will, some won't. Murder. Anyone needs to work on murder? No, no, hopefully not, right? Murder, but anger. How about that? Forgiveness and restoring relationships. How many of us are right now dealing with junk because something happened and it was a person and we still haven't sorted it out? And Jesus says, I got a better way for you. Adultery, acting out of unfaithfulness to the relationship you committed to. Okay, that may not be for you, but what about lust? What about keeping your promises, your word? What about responding to others who hate you? What about loving your enemies? Jesus says, because you're blessed, because I'm living with you and I've come to reshape you, now I've got a better word. There are things that you can do and not do because I'm going to empower you. And then, and then Jesus says, here's how to live this way. I'm going to show you how to give with the right motivation. I'm going to show you how to communicate with God, pray with the right motivation. I'm going to show you how to trust God's provision. You don't have to worry about your life, which is such a word for us today. You have to worry. What about the vaccine? Don't worry about your life. What about opening up school and work? You don't have to worry about your life. Um, what about my job? I've been furloughed. I've been downsized. I've been let go. You don't actually have to worry. Jesus' words always make sense, but they make more sense now, don't they? Because life has been turned upside down. And then out of that, after talking about how to 
give and pray and fast, you can learn how to say no to good things like food for a season to make room in your life for God. Which, which, is that something we're doing? Are we making space? And then right after it, look at what Jesus says. Oh, by the way, stop pointing the finger at everybody else. You don't have to live judgmental. You, you actually don't have to take a little speck out of someone else's eye because I see the telephone pole in your own eye. But I love you. You are blessed. I'm gonna work on you. And then now, these last two messages, Jesus summarizes everything he's been saying. And this week, we're gonna look at two things that we need to be reminded of. And if you weren't here from the beginning, we said this at the beginning, but I think we need a reminder. And let's look at them together. Two things, write them down. And I hope that they frame the way you make decisions this week. The first is simply this. The Father invites us to pursue him. The Father invites us. Uh, it's easy to get lost in the details when you think about all the things that need to be re reworked in my life. And if you're honest, you probably realize, man, there's so much, and I can get discouraged. Even though God wants to do good in my life, I can get discouraged because I don't see the progress. And here's what Jesus says to us. The Father is inviting you to pursue him. And so what do I mean? Verse 7, look at what Jesus says. Ask, and it, it will be given to you. Seek, and you're going to find. Knock, the door is going to be open. And everyone who asks is going to receive. Those who seek, find. Those who knock, the door will be open. What is prayer? Today we want to talk about keeping the lifeline open. Why should we pray? Why does it matter? What does it do? Well, it's the Father's invitation. Jesus wants to go throughout life with you, not just occasionally, but all the time. And so he opens up an opportunity anytime, anywhere. You and I can bring it to God. Ask, seek, knock. In other words, pursue. And now what's amazing about this, I don't know if you caught it, it doesn't have clauses. You know, if you look at a legal contract, it could be one page of this is what you do and this is what you get. And then they always say, read the what? Fine print. And, and if you're looking at a legal document, it has all these little things. Yeah, but if that, and, and, and if, if that happens, this is what's going to happen. And there's all these little outs. And what Jesus says here doesn't have any outs. It's just face value. It's totally open-ended. What are you supposed to ask? Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't limit it. I think we limit it because of our own experience. Say, well, I can't ask for that. Well, Jesus said, anyone who keeps on, and the word here in English says ask, but he's implying continues to continue to ask and continues to continue to seek and continues to continue to knock. Those who don't give up, hear me, pursuing, not the thing, but the Father. Those who come to the Father and who struggle with generosity, the Father will give them wisdom. Those who struggle with how to even pray, the Father will give them insight. Those who struggle with how to say no to things, to make room for God, the Father, whatever we come to God with, he's saying, ask. And so at this point, we're supposed to be blown away because I think in our mind, we disqualify ourselves, don't we? Yeah, I would, but, and then, but if, if I do this, then God will do that. Let me just ask a probing question if I can ask, whether you're seated here or you're at home. Uh, since the pandemic began, 
What would you say has been slipping in your life when it comes to following Jesus? What, what were you doing, if you could even remember before March, what were you doing that because of all the madness, you stopped doing? What, what good things were you involved in? Uh, good things like coming and gathering God's people. We haven't been able to do this, not your fault. But there are, I think, aspects of our lives, if we're honest, we would say, you know what, I was on the right track, but because of life or whatever, I'm not on the right track right now. Here's the word to you from Jesus. Ask. Get back on. Like, if you know that you've gone off, ask God for mercy and grace to say, like, you know what, I'm not going to worry about what I did or didn't do. What I'm going to recognize is today is today and tomorrow's in God's hands. And what I can do today that I, no one else can do it for me, but I'm allowed to do it. The Father invites us to pursue. So get back on track. Why? The promise is not just for the world. The promise is for you. This promise, if you open-ended, if you come to Jesus and say, I don't know what to do, but I'm, I'm coming to you those who pursue him will get, hear me, him. You won't always get exactly what you're looking for, exactly the way you wanted it. I think those of us who've been around following Jesus long enough realize God is so smart, just like every human parent. Notice the analogy. Just like even though you're evil, a, a, a human father knows how to give good gifts. I think some of us recognize that when you're young and you ask for stuff, a parent, a good loving parent, says, that's a great idea, I would never do that. Great suggestion, no. Sugar right before bed, no. Sugar in the morning, no. Sugar after lunch, no. no. Sugar. I mean, maybe you give sugar, I, I, I enjoy it myself. But a good parent may say, you know, no or not now. Or let's save it up for later. And in the same way, the father already loves you. And so he already has good in mind. Second thing I want us to see, the Father invites us to pursue him. That's the first. The second goes along with it, and it's, it's what makes sense of verse 9 and following. Let me just read verse 9 again. Which of you, if your son is asking for bread, is going to give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, is going to give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give these good gifts to your kids, how much more? And that's what Jesus is making the point on. If we know how to give good gifts... How much more we're tainted by evil, we're selfish, we're limited in our resources. How much more, God who is always good, no evil, unlimited resources, how much more is the, your Father in Heaven going to give good gifts to those who do what? Ask. Notice how it's not automatic. But the Father wants to do good, but He's waiting for us to ask of Him. Second thing, write it down. The Father is working for our good. When it comes to thinking about growing in my life with God, especially when it comes to the discipline called prayer, I need to come with the right mindset. Otherwise, I'm going to just be frustrated. And if I don't recognize that the Father's actually invited me, why pray? You've been invited. Like, you're not on the outside. If you love and follow Jesus, and remember, he's talking to people who are following him or thinking about it. He says, I'm in. I'm like, the Father's for you. And if you don't remember that the Father actually has your good in mind. So whenever we pray, we shouldn't come with the attitudes like, I know you're not going to do it. I know I don't deserve it. But I'll chuck up some sort of request anyway. 
No wonder we're defeated when we pray. What if we came knowing God was waiting? How much more will the Father give those good gifts to those who actually take him in his word? And then I have to remember that the Father, he always has my good in mind. Why should I come with confidence when praying? Because the Father loves you and the Father loves me. Now, that's sometimes hard for us to grasp because we don't like us. I'm not the only one who wakes up sometimes and like, why did I do that? Or why didn't I do that? Or why do I keep forgetting that? We're the ones who struggle with us. God's actually not struggling with you. He knows you completely. He sees your future and where you're headed and the trajectory of your life, and he knows that one small change could unlock a whole new way of thinking and living. And he's saying, will you come to me and just ask, I'm longing to do good. And the father's saying, why not invite me into that situation? And so when in doubt, what should we do? Pursue. The word is to pursue. And this is a timely word for us because there's all sorts of noise and all sorts of problems and all sorts of experts with all sorts of solutions. And Jesus is the all-wise God who says, ask. The father knows. Now this leads to a, a real challenge, which is this. If God already knows what I need before I ask, which the Bible tells us, why bother asking? Is, is God up, like, is he playing games with me? Is this a test? What, why, would, why would he ask? Here's what Jesus relates to us. We're stuck with the question, if God knows, why should we ask? Here's what Jesus wants to drill into our soul. Since the Father knows, you should ask. It's a, it's a small change, but it's massive. If the Father knows, like, should we bother asking? Because doesn't he know what we want? And Jesus is saying, don't miss the point. Since the Father knows you, you can ask him. You should have confidence when you come to him, knowing I don't have to know the details and the whys and the whats and the hows. What I need to know is the Father. God is genuinely relational. He really cares. He really loves. He's really generous. And he really wants to hear from you. As a dad, as a human father, I love it when I get to talk with my kids. It's not a distraction. It's not a bother. I think it's beautiful when, when kids come to a parent or someone who's a guardian and a loving caregiver and says, I, I need or I'm, I'm asking. And, and if I'm evil at heart, sometimes I'm tainted by evil. If I want what's best for my kids, how much more does our father want what's best for us? So we, we come to God knowing he's invited us and we know that he's already working for our good. But it's our view of God that Jesus is trying to reshape. And that's the point I want to leave us with. It's Jesus is telling people who had a view of God that could be wrong. And I don't know where your view of God is, but it could be solid. It could be based on how God's revealed himself, or it could be off. I think there's two extremes I want to totally avoid, and I, I hope you hear them clearly. Both are extremes, and both do not line up with the way of Jesus. The first way of seeing God that I think is in one side and is off is God as, as, as Shakespeare, how many of you had to read Shakespeare in school? Uh, we didn't understand it, but we were forced at some point because he's a famous writer uh, to read some Shakespeare. And Shakespeare, what he did was he wrote, he wrote these plays, right? These epic plays that are still uh, reenacted today. 
And Shakespeare is the writer, so you have the characters who play the parts in a Shakespearean drama. And what the characters don't know, hear me, is Shakespeare wrote it all in advance. So all the, the actors, when they do their lines, they're not really their lines who wrote the lines, Shakespeare. They're just like living out the drama, and Shakespeare wrote the end, and so they may not know where the end is coming, but even as they go through the play, they have no control of the play at all. You get me? And some of us, when we think about God, we see him as like Shakespeare. God wrote the story. I showed up. I do my little part. No matter what I do, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Have you heard that? Have you said that? Have you thought that? We all have. The problem with that line of thinking is it says God is Shakespeare. You just showed up. You do your bit part. You have no control over the present or the future. And when your line is done, you're out of the play and it's over. That's just, the problem is that's not how God reveals himself. Time and again, people come to God and say, God, will you please not do this? And as God reveals himself, God listens when Moses says, please don't destroy your people for their rebellion, because God said to Moses, they're done, they're not for me, they're not with me, I'm going to start over. And Moses says to God, please. And you know what happens? God does not do what he said he was going to do. In other words, the, the Bible shows us a God who responds and is generous. Now, what if Moses didn't ask? The Bible doesn't give us all those fine details, but it implies God is not Shakespeare. He's interacting with his people. The other one I want to expose, because some of us think God is Shakespeare, on the opposite extreme, some of us see God as a great chess player. Now, I'm not a, a big chess like connoisseur. I'm not a great chess player. You will beat me. But the, the, the mystery of playing chess is those who are really good at it know your moves in advance because they learned it. So they can tell you, I'm going to beat you in five moves. You're like, well, wait a minute. I only made one move, but I know where you're headed. And I, some, some of us see God as like really smart. He didn't write the play. I'm involved, but like he's just a little bit smarter than me. And he, he's, you know, he's older than us and he's more experienced than us. So he's, he's, he can help out and he can step in and he knows a little bit more than I do, but he's not really in control because we're both moving pieces on the board. And I think some have a too, too high of a view of the way they think life was supposed to be lived. And some have a too low view of God and say, well, you know, he's just a little bit wiser, a little bit smarter. But sometimes on a good day, I can outmatch God. Now, we wouldn't say it that way, but we think like, yeah, God, if I do this and you don't see that, I'm going to be all right. Both are extreme. The problem with both of those is it's not how God's presented in the Bible. Some places in the Bible, it's really clear and it makes it look really clear that, that God laid out everything in advance. It, before the foundations of the earth, we were known by Jesus. Before, before we were born in our mother's womb, Jeremiah 1.5 says, God says to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were in your, your mother's womb. Explain that to me. Well, there are things about God I don't know. I do know he's the creator of all and the ruler over all. But yet at the same point, I don't want to get to the extreme. I, I make God like Shakespeare and think that I have no part to play. But what we can do, and this is what we're invited to do, is to see the Bible 
as an invitation to walk with God. Adam, Eve, cool of the day, in the garden that God provided, what was God's goal? That he would walk with them and talk with them and that they would interact and that together the world would grow and become beautiful and expand. And in the same way, God's invitation to you and Jesus reminds us, ask, pursue, look, seek, and know that God's intention for all of us is good. Now, some abuse this. I get it. Some would say, ask, seek, knock. So basically, Bentley, Tesla, you know, vacation island, whatever the thing that you're like really looking for. Some would twist this and say, well, Jesus did ask for anything. How come he hasn't given me, you know, that uh, inheritance so I don't have to work anymore? How come he didn't provide? I, I asked for a big inheritance. I haven't gotten it. And to, to that, I would say, like, some people can manipulate it and say, ask whatever you want, seek for whatever you want, and God will give you exactly what you want. And that's actually not what Jesus says. He says, when we ask, we're going to receive. Did he say what? No, right. The good Father knows how to give good gifts. So some of the things that we ask for, we're not going to get or get in the same way that we thought. And that's cool because we can trust that the Father has our good in mind. But I think most of us aren't in that extreme. I think most of the people that I talk to, and maybe I'm talking to the wrong people, just don't take this as a promise for themselves. I think we run to the extreme and say like, you know what? I've been asking and pleading and seeking and praying and, and giving generously and fasting and I've been living the way of Jesus. I'm going full tilt and I'm so disappointed with God. I think most of us just haven't, had tr haven't tried God's word. We haven't sought enough. We haven't kept pursuing. We've been stuck in whatever happened and said, you know what? It didn't work. I prayed, and whatever I asked for, I got the opposite of. Therefore, I'm, I, I'm, it's not working for me. To which I would say, man, I wish we had God's perspective. Because it could be that the very thing that you're disappointed in God for, that he didn't give you, is the thing that kept you living. You asked for this, and he didn't give it the way you wanted it, and it has caused you to thrive. You didn't realize it, but the thing that you and I may have wanted wasn't exactly what we needed. And so I would invite you, church, let's ask. And he, he answers in different ways. Sometimes I get exactly what I asked for. Sometimes I get it later than I asked for. Sometimes I get it different than I asked for. Sometimes I just don't get it. And you know what? The good, good Father loves me, and I can trust him. So ask and ask and ask. Now, that doesn't mean life circumstances are always good. So here's the strange thing about prayer. I can pray and my situation can get worse, and God is still good. And this is, the, this is the paradox. This is the mystery of what Jesus invites us into. The loving Father is good. I don't understand all this timing. He's greater than I. And so right now, a global pandemic, good or bad? Well, if you're selling masks, it's very, very good. If you, if you own Lysol, it's fantastic. Or if somehow you run a Chick-fil-A, you're making hand over fist because no one wants to cook at home. But for most of us, this is not, this is not good. Does it mean that God's not good? No. This is where the element of prayer and trust comes in. We're invited into an ongoing walk with God where if I don't see it, I don't give up on him. That's why I keep pursuing. And so the invitation for us is to never, ever, 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 ever give up. And this word we need to hear crystal clear. In these moments and months where life is getting harder, never give up on God.
Never give up. Never give up on pursuing him. Never give up on seeking. Never give up on asking for insight. God, what can you teach me throughout this process? Never give up. So let me just ask you, is there a part of following Jesus that you have let slip in this troubling season. The invitation today is to get back on. Are you pursuing God at all? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you, or is this like, you know what? I've gotten swept up. I would, I would almost guarantee this with most people that I know or are in this room or even watching right now. Over the months, we probably started with a little more prayer, like fervor, passion, when it began because like we're all freaked out. But as it's gone on, we've allowed entertainment to replace the presence of God in an active pursuit because entertainment is always easier and immediately more satisfying than the pursuit of God. Candy always can sound like it's going to shoot you like a gun. If you're here, I apologize. If I blew your speakers at home, just invoice us and I'll, I'll ask Brandon to pay for it. Entertainment's always easier. Numbing yourself with substances, with useless things, is always more immediately satisfying. Candy is always more filling than healthy food at first. And so the invitation for us is to pursue. Are there things you're anxious about that you haven't brought to Jesus? Just out of neglect or you're just so frustrated you're, it's easier to hold on to. You know what the Bible says about anxiety? It's not a sin to be anxious. It's actually human to be anxious. But what does the Bible tell us? You don't have to be anxious about anything, but you can, through all sorts of prayers and pleading with thanksgiving, you could present that anxiety to God. And the peace of God, which, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So whatever is good and noble and right and lovely and excellent and praiseworthy, what does the Bible tell us? Think about these things and the God of peace will be with who? You. The invitation, my friend, is to let go of the things that are burdening me and to present them to God, which is the essence of prayer. Prayer is asking, and I want to suggest to you, prayers are lifelines. If you're wondering, man, where's God in this? He's right here, and he's saying, here's the lifeline. Let's talk about it. And I have some things to tell you that you may not be thinking about right now, but if you'll pursue me, I would love to let you know. Will we accept this invitation? All right, I, I'm not a believer in homework because if you started online school, you're getting too much of it. I believe in immediate practice. Here's what we're gonna do at home or right here. We wanna take a moment and respond. And if you're here and something stuck with you is, you know what? I haven't presented this. Or like, I started by giving it to God, but frankly, right now, I kind of took it back. <laughs> I, I, I want you to handle it, Lord, but let me help you. This is our opportunity to let go. Maybe you don't know what to pray for. Uh, then I'm going to invite you now just to, to ask God, is there anything you want me to know about you right now? We're going to take a moment here in this room, and I ask you to do this at home. Now's not the time to get up. We're going to take communion in just a few moments. I'm going to invite you, if it helps to close your eyes, not if you're watching at home, look at the screen, <laughs> but you're here, just close your eyes for a moment. And, and uh, Ryan's just going to play and give us space to ask and seek and knock. And I, 
I pray that this will rekindle a passion to pursue the Lord Jesus in your soul. And that today will encourage you to seek him, not just on Sundays or occasional podcasts, but every day. So Ryan's going to play, and then we're going to sing a prayer together. And I'm going to be back in a moment, and we're going to come to the center of our gathering, where we remember Jesus in the way that he said was fitting, to eat and of his body and to drink, so to speak, of his blood, to take him, to take what he did and internalize it in just a few moments. But as Ryan plays, let's ask, and let's seek, and let's knock. I invite you to do that right now.